Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. We are starting a brand new series, and I'm so excited, called The God I Never Knew. And this is a series that is all about the Holy Spirit. And I do want you to know that a lot of the content that I'm going to be communicating from this series is from this book, The God I Never Knew, from one of my pastors. Uh, His name is Robert Morris, and uh, you can find this book wherever books are sold. I highly encourage you to check it out if you want to kind of deep dive uh, in this with me. And uh, this title, The God I Never Knew, it really resonates with me so much because that was my story. Like, like this is my story. Um, I grew up in church. I know that there's some people in here that maybe you grew up in church. I looked it up. I was actually born on a Thursday, and I'm pretty sure, diseases beware, I was in church by that next Sunday. Um, It was like, ah, get them in church. Uh, Forget about diseases and all those things. So, um, you know, so I grew up in church, and there's never a time in my life where I've been disconnected from the house of God. But for the longest time, I never heard about the Holy Spirit. The church that I grew up in, like the subject was just completely avoided. There was chapters of our Bible we did not open up and study. And there was just, we just never talked about it, except when somebody was water baptized. And then the the preacher would always say, like, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost ghost. And I was like, what, what is this ghost you're talking about? So I'm like a little kid trying to figure out what ghost is in church. And that was really my story growing up. Uh, so the, for the majority of my life, the Holy Spirit was truly the God I never knew. And maybe that's your story. Maybe you grew up in church where the Holy Spirit was avoided, or maybe you grew up in church where the Holy Spirit was like on the total end, the opposite end of the spectrum. And instead of it being avoided, it was maybe abused or it was just overused. It was just talked about all the time. And uh, it was something that just the, the subject just constantly kept coming up. And you knew that every other week, the pastor's going to make you read from Acts chapter 2. And so if you know, you know. Um, but maybe you grew up that way. Or maybe you're here and you didn't grow up in church. And like, like even just hearing about the Holy Spirit, um, you never heard about the Holy Spirit, regardless of your church history. In this series, what I believe and what I'm praying is that we're going to learn all about who the Holy Spirit is and how he can drastically impact and improve our day-to-day lives. And now I fully understand that this topic has some baggage attached to it. Some of you are here and you're like, finally, now we're going to be talking about the good stuff, the deep stuff. Come on, give it to me, pastor. But some of you are maybe here and you're like, oh man, I finally found a church that I like. And please, please don't mess this up. Um, and so, you know, I understand that there's a lot of baggage sometimes attached to this subject. And I've learned that we often fear what we don't understand. And so maybe there is some fear or some insecurity or some bad memories attached to this subject. And whenever you hear that this is what we're talking about, it's like walls instantly go up. And the reason why I know that is because that was part of my story. 
Because I would sit in seats just like that and hear somebody just like me say, hey, this is what we're going to talk about. And instantly a wall would come up. And I I totally understand. But I'm telling you, as a pastor, I have a responsibility to help you know God. In fact, that is part of our vision for your life. We have a vision, and it's really what we want to see in your life. And it's simply, we want you to go on a spiritual journey where you first know God. And then you find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And so really, as a pastor, it is my responsibility to help you know God, all of God. Which means I can't avoid talking about the Holy Spirit. So here's my commitment to you. I'm going to give you the best I got each and every week. I'm going to empty the clip. I'm going to give you my very best. um, And I'm going to not sugarcoat anything. And I'm going to be able to, to give you the truth from God's word. And, but here's what I ask of you in this series. I ask you to approach this series with a fresh blank page. To throw out past experiences or preconceived notions. To lower your walls and really open up your heart and mind. So that God can do whatever he wants to do in this four weeks. And then also I want to ask that you commit to all four weeks of this series, whether it's here in person at Memorial Hall or online. I'm asking you to do that because so many times our messages and in our series, there are a lot of times you can, they're kind of one-offs, but this will really build on each other each and every week. It's going to be an amazing series that I personally am so excited for. And today, we're going to kick off this series by talking about, if you're taking notes today, the person of the Holy Spirit. So what we're going to talk about over the next few minutes, the person of the Holy Spirit. So how many of you, just by show of hands, have ever heard of Thomas Jefferson? You ever heard of Thomas Jefferson? He's the third U.S. president. He's on the $2 bill. Now, history tells us, if you study Thomas Jefferson, that he actually created his own Bible. So he took some time to create his own Bible that's now called the Jefferson Bible. And here's how he did it. He took the Bible and then he cut out all the parts that he didn't like (laughs) or he didn't understand and just put them all together because he really liked the ethics and the teachings of Jesus and who Jesus is. But he had a really hard time with anything that was considered supernatural. So the miracles and the healings, and everything associated with the Holy Spirit. So he kept out the parts that he didn't like, and he kept the parts that he did like, and so he would just put all those things together. And with all due respect to old Tommy, (laughs) church, we just can't cut out what we don't like. We just can't cut out what we don't understand, and we just can't ignore it, because this Bible talks a lot about the Holy Spirit. In fact, if you study, you'll see that over 800 times the Bible mentions the Holy Spirit. And in John chapter 14, 15, and 16, these are three chapters in the book of John, but it's one long conversation that Jesus had with his closest followers known as the disciples. So it's three chapters, but it's one conversation. And it's the night before he would go to the cross. It was right after he had the Last Supper, and it was on the way. It's right before he gets arrested. He has this conversation with his closest followers. And throughout every chapter, all of them, 
In John 14, 15, and 16, he talks to them over and over again. He keeps bringing up the Holy Spirit. And so if you think about it, his closest followers right before he's going to go to the cross, the subject that he talks to them about is the Holy Spirit. And the entire conversation can be summed up like this. Jesus says, I'm about to leave, but don't be upset because I'm going to send you someone else, the Holy Spirit, that's even better for you than me that will help you. Listen to what Jesus says in John 16, verse 7. He says, I tell you the truth. And whenever Jesus says that, you've got to really pay attention because that means he's like, I want you to get this. I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, referring to the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. Now, I don't know about you, but I think it would be really awesome to hang out with Jesus. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Like, have you ever thought about, man, wouldn't it be so cool if today at Queen City Church, like, right, like, Jesus just came and hung out with us. That would be so amazing, because it'd be like, guys, you hungry? Jesus, why don't you just multiply Chick-fil-A just so we could just, just all eat? That'd be amazing. You know, your, your, your dog tragically dies, and it's like, Jesus, would you, would you please just, just raise my dog from the dead? And then maybe your cat tragically dies, and it's like, Jesus, could you just do the funeral? Um, oh, a cat joke. Hey, by the way, just... <laughs> for the record, I love cats. They are a gift from God. And so, um, I don't like him. Just uh, like, it's okay. It's okay. But I think it would be awesome to hang out with Jesus. I think it would be so fun. When I read through and I read about Jesus, I'm like, it would be so amazing to hang out with the guy that says, I came to give a more and better life. I think it would be so fun to hang out with Jesus. But Jesus himself, in all three chapters of John 14, 15, and 16, says, guys, trust me. Trust me. Who I'm going to send, the Holy Spirit, is even better. And so this week when I was preparing, I was reading through those three chapters over and over again, John 14, 15, and 16, and I see three things that we need to know about the Holy Spirit today. And here's number one, the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. Listen to what it says in John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. Jesus talking, and he says, I will ask the Father... And he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees. And notice what's underlined. Sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I want you to notice that these verses never call the Holy Spirit an it. Notice that. It's always he or him. And in fact... In John 14, 15, and 16 alone, the Holy Spirit is called he or him 18 times because he is not an it. He is not a, this mystical force or some, like just, some, just some energy. Like He is a person and a person with a personality. And here's why it's so important. Because if you do not see him as a person, you will never have a personal relationship with him. See, that's why it's so important that we get this part of the message today. 
Because if we do not see the Holy Spirit as a person, then we will never have a personal relationship with him because you can only have a personal relationship with a person. So the Holy Spirit is a person. And, by the way, he's not weird. <laughs> Sorry, okay, he's a person, but he's weird. No, he's not weird. Maybe you've had like experiences that were labeled Holy Spirit. They were straight up weird, maybe even goofy. You need to hear this loud and clear. The Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. Come on, can I get a good amen from the church? People are weird, but the Holy Spirit is not weird. I truly believe those people will be weird without the Holy Spirit. I really do. Please hear this today. Please hear this. You can be a normal person and believe in the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. Here's number two. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. Let me get theological on you here just for a moment. God is one in three and three in one. The theological term for this is the Trinity. And it means that he is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And here's a little diagram that will really help. This really helped me really truly fully understand how can something be three in one and then one in three. And you see there that, that you see that there all three are unique from each other, but they're still unified and working as one. And so let me show you an example in the Bible where all three are present at the same time. Now, this stuff like this, it kind of makes me really excited. The little Bible nerd in me comes out. And so I get really excited to just kind of show you something. Here's one verse where you can see all three persons of the Trinity in one verse. Luke chapter 3, verse 22, it says this, And the Holy Spirit, in bodily form, descended on him, meaning Jesus, like a dove. And a voice from heaven, that's God the Father, said, you are my dearly loved son and bring me great joy. So in one verse, God the Holy Spirit, God the Son, and God the Father, and they're all God. And then in Acts chapter 5, listen to what it says in verse 3 and 4. Thinking about the Holy Spirit is God. And Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit. And you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not to sell as you wish. But after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. In other words, in this verse, lying to the Holy Spirit equals lying to God because he is God. And so I've heard people say things like this, like, I don't want to have anything to do with the Holy Spirit. I don't want to have anything to do with the Holy Spirit. Like, I'm cool with God the Father. I'm cool with Jesus. But I don't want anything to have to do with the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, every time I hear that, it breaks my heart. Because that's like saying, I don't want anything to do with God. Because the Holy Spirit is God. And here's number three, the last one. And this is where we're going to camp out just for a minute. The Holy Spirit is my helper. The Holy Spirit is my helper. 
In John chapter 14, verse 26, it says, but the helper, maybe your translation in your Bible says advocate. It's the Greek word parakletos, which means to come alongside. That's simply what it means, and to help. It says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. Which, by the way, is an incredible promise. I don't know if you've ever read that that way, that there's no subject in which the Holy Spirit is not an expert. Come on, that's awesome. And it says, he will teach you all things and bring you to your remembrance all that I have said to you. In John 15, verse 26, it says, but when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And then in John 16, we're going to really kind of dissect this one for a minute. John 16, 7 and 8, it says, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. And here's how he's going to help. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. So what in the world does that mean? What does it mean when it says that the, the helper, the Holy Spirit, that he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment? Because I think it's really easy to think about this the wrong way. Because when you see the word convict there, it simply means to convince. That's it. It's like when you have conviction. It means that you are convinced of something. So he says he will, he will convince you that he's going to convince us of three things. Sin, righteousness, and judgment. But what in the world does that mean? I think it's so easy to miss this, but it's so amazing when you fully understand it. So can I get a little Bible teachy on you? Is that cool? Just kind of deep dive a little bit into this. And just because I want you to see how much this affects our life. Because this is just one of the many ways that this book says that the Holy Spirit can be our helper. And so when it says that the Holy Spirit will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, it first starts by saying that the Holy Spirit helps us by convincing us of sin. It says this, the next verse in verse 9, it says, concerning sin. Because they do not believe in me. And here's why the Holy Spirit will convince you and me of sin. Because if we're not convinced that we're a sinner, we'll never be convinced that we need a Savior. That's what that means. In other words, that you can't get saved until you know that you need a Savior. And the truth is that nobody comes to Jesus without first being convinced, having conviction that they're a sinner who needs a Savior. And that's the Holy Spirit's job. That's not my job. That's why I don't stand up here like the bullhorn guy and says, you guys need to repent. You big bad sinners, turn or burn. Like I don't do that. That's not my style. <laughs> I don't do that. Like, you better get your life, your life right or you're going to spend eternity in the lake of fire. Like, I don't do that. Because that is not my job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And the truth is, and, and he does it in such a sweet, incredibly kind way. And the Holy Spirit, he convinced me of this. On June 25th, 1999, over 21 years ago, 
on the back porch of Burton Bible Building. I'll never forget that moment. I never forget. I was on my knees, broken. And can I tell you what I remember so much from that moment and that day? Because on that day, the Holy Spirit, no doubt, convinced me, convicted me of the sin that was in my life. And let me tell you what I remember more than anything. Because my life has never been the same from that moment. Here's what I remember more than anything. The conviction that I felt. This conviction. I knew that I knew. I was convinced. I knew that I was a sinner. But more than that, I knew I needed a Savior. I knew that I could not fix myself. I knew that I couldn't clean myself up. And here's why. Because I'd lived my life in a way to where I tried and I couldn't. And I kept cycling back to the same exact things over and over and over again. And I was convinced that Jesus could do what I could never do myself. That he could pay for and he could deal for my sins once and for all. That he would cancel the debt that I could never repay. So that I could have access to a real, close, consistent, vibrant, daily, getting better, everyday relationship with God. And the amazing gift of spending forever with him. I was convinced. June 25th, 1999. And my life has never been the same. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3 says, No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So some of you, maybe you need to make that decision today. And you need to experience that type of conviction today. At the very end of this message, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. So the Holy Spirit helps us by convincing us of sin and our need for a Savior. That's what that means. And then the Holy Spirit also helps us by convincing us of righteousness. This is what it says the next verse in verse 10. It says, concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father... And you will see me no longer. And we often have a very misunderstanding of what this word righteousness means. Because a lot of times we believe it means right behavior. But righteousness here in this context, it simply means, get this, right standing with God. Think about this, that the Holy Spirit convinces us that we have right standing with God. So when he says that the Holy Spirit will convince you of righteousness... That he's saying that he will convince you that because you believed in Jesus, that you are now in right standing with God. In other words, the Holy Spirit will give you conviction that you know that you know that you know that you know that you are saved and that you're going to spend eternity in heaven. There's no more waffling back and forth like, I know I have assurance. And what a gift, especially with everything that's happening right now in our world. For you to be able to know that bring it on, pandemic. No matter what's going on in our world, political unrest, social injustice, all these things that in the natural are awful. But guess what? I can stand on the fact that I have assurance that I'm right with God. Not because of what I did, but because of what Jesus did. What amazing thing that we can stand on the Holy Spirit as a gift says, I can give you that. I can give you that type of assurance. But the Holy Spirit, he, can, he convinces us 
of righteousness. And then finally, it says that the Holy Spirit, he helps us by convincing us of judgment. What is that about? When it says he can convinces us of judgment, this is what it says in verse 11. It says, concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Now, a lot of times when, when you see that, you're like, okay, is that judgment towards me? Like, I don't, I don't really get this. Now, four chapters earlier in John chapter 14, Jesus tells us that the ruler of this world is Satan. So he's talking about judgment of Satan, not you. So this is what this verse is saying. He's saying that the Holy Spirit will convict you. He will convince you that Satan, that dirtbag who in John 10.10, his whole job description is to steal, kill, and destroy everything in your life. That he's defeated. That he is no longer has any authority over you. And that is some good news. So when you read through that entire verse and it says that the Holy Spirit will convict you of sin, righteousness, and judgment, it is so easy to have the wrong understanding. Because for years I looked at that verse and I would, and this is what I would think. You would think that it says that the Holy Spirit will convince you that you're a big bad sinner, that you're not living right, and that God's going to get you. And that's how I viewed that for a long time. But that's not what these verses say. It says that the Holy Spirit, the helper, will convince you of your need for a Savior. And once you accept Jesus as your Savior, He convinces you that you now can be assured that you are right with God, that you have right standing with God. And because you're in right standing with God, He convinces you that Satan has been defeated once and for all and now has no authority over you. I'm telling you, my friends, that is some good news. And that's just three of the many ways that this book, the Word of God, explains to us of how He, of, of how the Holy Spirit helps us, how He helps us. So the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is God, and the Holy Spirit is my helper. So as we end today, I wanted to share with you just something that I am personally praying over you and our entire church over the next four weeks. There's a scripture that God gave me in preparation that I'm like, that's what I'm going to start praying for you. And that's what I'm going to start praying for you and for you and for you watching online. That for the next four weeks, I pray that you experience what 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 14 says. That you would experience the amazing grace of the master Jesus Christ that if you have not experienced that type of grace, I'm praying that over the next four weeks that you do, that many people experience the amazing grace of Jesus and that you also experience the extravagant love of God and that you would experience the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. Listen, guys, you can be friends with the Holy Spirit. I'm praying that God does something deep in your heart, in your life over the next four weeks. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, 
I pray in Jesus' name that you may experience the amazing grace of Jesus. That you experience the extravagant love of God and that you experience the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. And with every eye still closed and every head bowed before we leave, before we go eat lunch, do all the things that we need to do today, I want to take just a moment before we rush out of here, before we get to all the different things in life. And why don't right there, right where you're at, Will you just simply pray and ask God this, God, what are you saying to me today? What are you speaking directly to me? Maybe ask him this, like, what does my response need to be to this message? And maybe you find yourself at church today and you're far from God. And the Holy Spirit over the last few minutes has been convincing you and convicting you that that needs to stop that you need to be close to God that 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 you need a savior that you need Jesus that you need a relationship with him and maybe you've never given him your life maybe you've never said yes to Jesus you've never said yes to grace and to forgiveness Maybe you've never given him your life or maybe you have before and right now you find yourself just very far from God And I used to be close to him, but because of life and because of all these other things, maybe when I was younger, I was, but now I find myself far from God. And today you find yourself at church, you're watching online and you just need a fresh start. And we want to give you that opportunity today. We want to give you the opportunity to start or to restart a relationship with God. And we're not going to point you out or make you come forward or embarrass you in any way that today If you want to make that decision, if you know, man, I want to say yes to Jesus for the first time or to rededicate my life to him, you know that that's what you need to do. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand at the count of three. If you're watching online, a box is going to pop up there in the chat and says, today, that's my decision. And if that's you on the count of three, I don't want you to hesitate for one second and say, I'm saying yes to Jesus today. And I just want to pray for you on the count of three. If that's you, one, two, three, just raise your hand and say, that's me. That's me. I got you. Anybody else? Yeah, I got you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anybody else? Says that's the decision that I need to make today. That's great. You can put your hand down just pray this in your heart, whether you raised your hand or, or maybe you, you still want to make that decision. Just say, Jesus, I love you and I need you. And I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you come live inside of me and will you change me and will you make me brand new? Will you do what I can't do m- myself and will you change me? God, I surrender my whole life to you, everything. I give you everything. I give you my past. I give you my present. I give you my future. I give you the decisions. I give you my family. I give you everything. And today I choose to follow you, not just for right now, but for the rest of my life. We love you. We thank you so much for Jesus, and we thank you so much for the cross and the empty tomb. And it's through the awesome, powerful name of Jesus we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, church. Can we clap our hands and celebrate with all those that just made that decision? We're so proud of you.
Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People.